0: Welcome back to the Film Review Shack. He's Daniel. And he's Darian. Today we will be reviewing Back to the Future and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: Two great adventure time travel movies with a splash of comedy.
0: All right, so today we're going to kick it off with Back to the Future. Back to the Future is a 1985 film directed by Robert Zemeckis. This film had a budget of $19 million dollars.
1: What did you think of Back to the Future?
0: I really enjoyed watching Back to the Future again. I've seen it many, many times and it never disappoints.
1: I agree. It's kind of like one of those ones you go back to to have a good time.
0: For sure. What were some of the things that made Back to the Future such a great film for you?
1: I just think it's such a fun film. You know, there's not a lot of points in the film where you're just sitting there waiting for stuff to happen, it's got good pace it's got good action, and it's got great comedy in it as well. So there's never really a dull moment in it, and you can just enjoy it the whole time. You're not having to think too hard. It kind of gives it all to you, doesn't hide anything, doesn't leave anything up to interpretation. It's just a, a good, family-friendly, enjoyable movie that you can kick back, watch any time, whether you're you know trying to really get focused on something or it's just you know a background movie while you're doing something else.
0: Yes, always a good film to go back to and always enjoyable. Never fails to deliver.
1: Mm-hmm. Indeed.
0: One thing I'd like to talk about is the main character, Marty. I think he has such a huge personality throughout the film that anybody that watched it can feel some sort of connection to him on some level.
1: Yes. I think that has a lot to do with Michael J. Fox's acting. He's He plays such a relatable person and he's so down to earth, which is very much him in real life, that you don't feel like this is a character that you're watching, you feel like you can be a part of this, it could be a world that you're in, it's everyday life, there's nothing special going on, and it's, it's just a kid that is just like you, he's sometimes down in the dumps, sometimes he's lucky, but at the end of the day he's just a normal guy, and normal things happen to him, except for, you know, when they go back to the future, or back to the past.
0: Right, and he acts as a friend for the audience throughout the film. Now let's talk about camera work and was there anything that stood out to you in this film in regard to that?
1: Uh, well there's definitely some really good shots in it. I mean I love the shot when they're when Marty is hoverboarding over the water. There's some cool shots in that but overall this movie is it's nothing super special. There's some good dolly and maybe steady cam shots. I'm not sure what technology they would have used but uh, there's lots lots of good movement, lots of good variation in their shots, but it's nothing crazy. It's not a, a cinematic masterpiece. It's just something that is shot well enough that it doesn't take away from the movie, but doesn't really add too much of storytelling elements. It's just a, a prototypical shot movie. How about yourself? Is there any scenes or shots in it that stood out to you?
0: Yeah, I really liked the one sequence when they're at the dance, and Marty is playing Johnny Be Good on the guitar and you've got the camera doing all sorts of different things. It's panning all around the room, it's going up and down. And it gives you the feel that you're almost in the room with everybody, dancing, having a good time. And that was a really special shot for me when watching this.
1: hmm Yeah, I agree. That is a is a good shot and it's it's kinda like an establisher in a sense, but it obviously it's not a an establisher. But it just gives you that feel of what the atmosphere is like, and it puts you in the movie. It doesn't it doesn't leave you as an outsider looking in. It forces you to enthrall yourself into the atmosphere.
0: Definitely. Now, what did you think about some of the pop culture references that they used through the film? Even for someone like us, we weren't around for the 80s and obviously definitely not the 50s. What was that like for you when watching it?
1: I mean, of course, they don't hit nearly as hard for me because I'm so young. But it is great to see all these references. And growing up with parents that grew up in that era, I have experienced a decent amount and like, listened to a lot of Chuck Berry growing up, loved dancing, that dance that, that Chuck Berry does, that Marty McFly does in the movie. Uh, so I really enjoyed the references, even if they didn't hit super hard home to me. And I think it overall just makes the movie special, especially for people who are of that time and do really appreciate those references.
0: Right. It feels like some of them would be a little bit lost on us, but at the same time, we still have enough knowledge to get most of them.
1: Mm -hmm. Was there any references that you really kind of hit home with you harder than the others?
0: I don't think there was any in particular. Uh, I just found the dynamic really funny that Even Marty when he goes back to the 50s he of course knows everything about the 50s even if it hadn't happened for them yet and that brought a lot of great comedy to the film as well.
1: Mm -hmm. It's kind of like how we're watching it not experiencing it but yet still understanding what's going on. Marty's in that same situation. He didn't live in the 50s but yet he knows about it so he's able to experience it and know what's going on.
0: Yes exactly exactly. And I think it also adds another funny dynamic as well as the fact that Marty ended up living in his parents' times. I'm sure as a kid, you've heard your parents talk a thousand times and say, oh, this was like this when we were growing up and all the differences. And I found it funny that Marty would then have the opportunity, if he chose to, to go and say, oh, yeah, actually, I uh, did experience that too.
1: Yeah, of course, if he had told his parents, might have started a paradox, but, you know, these time travel rules are a little flimsy anyways, so...
0: Yeah, I guess you could say that.
1: But yeah, it is is an interesting idea to think about that Marty actually did live in that time. And he's like, oh, no, I know what you're talking about. You can't sneak this one past me. You can't say it was tougher for me. I know what it was like.
0: Yeah, I thought that was something really funny that they brought to that.
1: Yeah, indeed.
0: One of the things that I found funny in the movie, too, was the Save the Clock Tower uh, newspaper ad. I don't know if you noticed this in watching it or not, but it was something that was handed to him by the woman who was protesting. And it was something that came across as a small detail when it was introduced. And in real life, you'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then, of course, that becomes the helping hand when they're back in time to help them get out of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's I did notice that. It's one of those little subtle details that they're like, okay... This is a point in that current time that is caused by what's about to happen in the past, which is kind of their future because they're going back to it. It's all confusing. I have trouble wrapping my head around it sometimes, but it is a fine detail and it does add a nice little comedic piece to the movie.
0: Yeah, it is a little far-fetched for me as well, but... Overall, I think they did a great job of scientifically explaining it. There was a cause for how they were able to go back in time. Of course, it's not real in real life, but it gives the audience a little bit of explanation.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. They do a good job of giving you enough detail to suspend your disbelief.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I wish that I had a fading photo that would tell me how much my time on this earth is potentially running out. But hey, not all of us are as lucky as Marty
0: McFly. No, we're definitely not.
1: I don't think there's anything else on my end. I think we should get to a ranking.
0: Alright, well why don't you start us off and give us a rating of what you thought the movie deserves.
1: Well, you know me, I'm all about those high rankings. But I'm going to keep it a little more reserved this week. I'm going to give this movie a solid 7 out of 10.
0: Well, I think I'm going to give this movie an 8 out of 10 today. Okay,
1: what's your reasoning for the 8 out of 10?
0: I think, like some of our comedy movies... There was themes that play a bigger part than the comedy itself, and they made it a good mixture to make the story come across as very important, but keep the audience engaged by throwing in comedy and making people laugh every so often as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. The story is is king in this one, and that's why I I feel like giving it a seven, even though the movie as a whole, I could have probably given a lower score.
0: We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with another draft review this week.
1: Get ready. It's Top 5 Movie Duos.
0: Okay, so today we are going to do another draft. It is Top 5 Movie Duos. Daniel, why don't you start us off? Thank you
1: very much. Now, I have a bit of a dilemma here, because I don't know what Star Wars duo to start off with. There's so many good ones. But I think I'm going to have to go with the most iconic duo from Star Wars, The only duo that is in all nine films, C-3PO and R2-D2.
0: That's a good starter. That was right up there on my list. That hurts a little bit, but I'm going to counter that and go Han Solo and Chewbacca.
1: Oh, that was my number two. That was what I would have taken if you would have gone first, probably. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to switch it up a little bit here. I'm going to go down a different path. We're going to go back to our comedy roots from this episode, and I'm going to go with everybody's favorite Green Ogre, Shrek, and his sidekick, Donkey.
0: Had that one lower on my list, but still hurts a little. I'm going to go a completely different route now, an iconic classic duo. I'm going to go with Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Ooh, I had that one on my list. Man, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Okay, my number three. I think I'm going to have to go to the science fiction realm, back with my first pick, and go with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock.
0: Oh man, I didn't even have that one on my list.
1: Ooh, I snuck it by you, eh?
0: Well, I guess I gotta play the comeback game here then. I'm gonna go with another classic action science fiction duo, Batman and Robin.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. I was I was considering putting that on my list, but wanted to stay away from superheroes, so I'm I'm glad you got it and, and we can have that representation.
0: All right, fair enough.
1: Okay, number four for me. Ooh. Where do I go back to the, the animated realm or do I stay in the fantasy world? I think I think I gotta go back to animated to, to keep my back and forth trend. And I'm going to go with not a duo necessarily known for movies, but they have had some movies. I'm going to go with Scooby-Doo and Shaggy.
0: That's a good one. I didn't put it there just because it's not as known for movies, but solid pick.
1: Yeah, they, they had two bad movies that came out in the 2000s. So.
0: Hey, we finally agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with a duo from one of my favorite movies. I'm going to go Jules and Vincent from Pulp Fiction.
1: Oh, that's a great duo. It's a great duo. Props there, bro. All
0: right, what's your number five?
1: Last one. Oh, man. Well, I don't know if I should should give any of my honor, honorable mentions here yet so that you don't take them. So I'll just go with one of the highest grossing movie duos of all time. Another animated special going with woody and buzz
0: that was next for me
1: Ho ho ho! we're back and forth today aren't we
0: all right i gotta change this up here then for my number five i think i'm gonna take a comedy duo that everybody knows i'm gonna go cheech and chong
1: oh nice nice i'm glad they made the list
0: all right well that was our draft let us know who won in the comments
1: sound off we can't wait to hear two great lists i think it's gonna be pretty competitive this week
0: All right, we are back, and we are now going to review our second movie of the day, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a 1989 film directed by Stephen Herrick. The film had a budget of $10 million and did not make very good use of it, uh, in my opinion. Darian, do you agree or disagree?
0: I agree. I think there are so many better paths they could have taken... In regards to all aspects of the film and overall a little bit of a disappointing experience for me for my first time watching this film.
1: Yeah, I get major vibes from this movie as it's like a one two million dollar made for TV movie.
0: It definitely gave that feel. And I had watched Back to the Future and Bill and Ted Back to Back. And for me, Bill and Ted almost acted sometimes like a parody of Back to the Future. Like when a director like Mel Brooks would go and intentionally make something like that. Except it wasn't intentional, which just makes it worse.
1: Yeah, it definitely felt to me that it was just a movie trying to capture on that hype that Back to the Future created. Like they're like, oh, let's make another crazy adventure with time travel with this crazy duo except they really missed the mark especially when you compare it to back to the future
0: right and maybe it's my fault for watching them right back to back but to me it just didn't make sense for the story everything seemed so convenient to happen whereas back to the future was a little more explained and brought more to the table with that
1: exactly yeah touching on the story and how it progresses the conflict in the first half of the movie is just pure for the sake of we need them to have something to do but none of it is true conflict it's all just super easily resolved like i think the first two or three of the the places they go to until they get to the medieval times it's it's like what a couple minutes they just get in one thing happens and then they're out like when they're in with billy the kid they have a fight and then all of a sudden him and Billy them and Billy the kid are best friends and they're off on their next adventure
0: yeah for sure and the pacing obviously with what you just said made that also a little strange at times you had some things that were holding more value than other things and there's really no explanation or need for it
1: mhm yeah the first half of the movie for me just feels like all just set up and it doesn't really hold any weight but to its credit i do think the third act does pay off and does actually have some true conflict in it.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad you got something out of it.
1: Yeah, you know, like it's it's all really predictable in the first half, but I think finally in that third act things actually start to go wrong. It, you know, it's kind of like back to the future where there's some tension in that the picture keeps fading away where it's in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. All these guys keep getting arrested at the mall, and they're all just going crazy, and Bill and Ted have a deadline to make now, and the deadline's actually feeling like it's getting closer, whereas in the start of the movie, it was just like, oh, it's just some time, like, we're in a time travel device is time really a thing? Whereas then finally in the third act, kind of finally get that sense of urgency and that the conflict is actually real and they actually have something to overcome.
0: Okay, I could slightly agree with you there. I think the ticking clock element, of course, being so big and Back to the Future, did also deliver as well in Bill and Ted.
1: It's a common setup that helps create suspense and conflict.
0: For sure. Now, what do you have to say about the acting in that movie?
1: Well, you know, it, it grew on me. I'll say that to begin with. It was kind of annoying, though. I must admit, I didn't love it for the first, you know, hour and ten minutes. (laughs) What about you? How how did you like the great Keanu Reeves in one of his early roles?
0: Well, I'm a fan of him from an overall uh, scope, but Bill and Ted does not fit into that catalog of enjoyable movies for me. Yeah. It almost just seems like... Well, it doesn't seem like it is that they were just told to act as dumb as they wanted. And given that instruction, and like you said, you get annoyed watching it after so long and if it's yeah takes up 90% of the movie not so enjoyable mm-hmm.
1: yeah I feel like it was real lack of direction from the director like there's a lot of repetition it's really dumb and it's to the point where no person would act like that no matter how brain fried they are that just repetitions just like uh, blah, blah is not realistic at all
0: For sure, it's not realistic to what we're used to living in. I don't think I've ever met a single person that acts like them, even remotely.
1: Well, I have, but they're still way more put together than that. Like, they're not just a broken record. But yeah, I think uh, Keanu Reeves does his best. And in that third act, when things finally start to kind of come together, you kind of notice that that dumb character goes away a little bit. I mean, it doesn't completely, but... They kind of start thinking and they're you know that all these coincidences happen to line up because of this loop time travel thing that's going on in the movie but you kind of actually get some real acting because of that conflict that's actually starting to arise.
0: Yeah see for me that just drove me farther away because like you said you got them acting this way the whole movie and then conveniently when things start to pick up they're just smarter naturally.
1: Yeah it's Very far fetched. Inconsistent.
0: Yes, that would be the right word for it.
1: Well, enough about the acting. Let's not get too heated here. Let's not get too many people upset at us about ripping on Keanu Reeves. Let's start talking about the cinematography. Like Back to the Future, I think this movie was fairly basically shot. There are some cooler shots, like there's one establisher when they're going into either it's the medieval times or the Genghis Khan era. And there's this kind of little bit of a longer, wider shot. That's one that stood out to me.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Watching it, it just felt like, almost seemed like they were on a rush schedule. To me, it kind of gave that off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem like they were trying to get too creative with a lot of the shots. They were just rolling, getting the take, and then moving on, is what it felt like for me. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's more of a means to an end, but yet, you know, it doesn't take away, take you out of the movie. It's not distracting in it in any way. Now, I know it wasn't... Fantastic, But is there any shots that stood out to you?
0: I don't think there was any shots in particular that stood out to me. Maybe some of the locations they did when they were moving around between time errors. Mm-hmm. But as far as the shots from the camera perspective, I'd have to say no.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, then why not let's get into all these different great set designs, because that is probably the best part of this movie. They go to a lot of different locations here, and I mean, I wasn't around when Socrates or any of these other historic figures were around, but they seem pretty accurate to me, at least in terms of a A comedy movie
0: yeah i think to the average viewer it doesn't stray so far from the reality of what that could have looked like i think unless you're really a historic expert on the topics maybe you would watch and say that's very far-fetched but that was maybe one part they might have got correct
1: Mm -hmm. and it gives you a good feel of okay they're going here and now they're here and you it's that you actually feel like they're going to these these places and not just like you know some random sound stage somewhere like it actually does feel like they're going to different places and different points of time
0: yes the production design is outstanding for that it does look pretty realistic i do appreciate the variety that they had within that and how many different places they went to whereas some time travel films just focus on one era i think it was cool we got to see a lot of different time periods and the work that they did to make that show really paid off i think for me
1: i agree yeah i i really appreciate the the effort and the detail that they put into that to to give the movie a a special flair well i think we've we've wrapped that movie up pretty well and i think it's time for us to get to a ranking
0: i'm gonna let you start again
1: i'm gonna go with a five out of ten and i i like it's a middle of the road number because i think this is a good movie it's not a great movie, but also it's not a bad movie. I think that the, the craft, the art of this movie is worth at least a five.
0: Okay. I was thinking of a similar number, but I disagree with your reasoning. I would go as far to call it as a bad movie, but hey, that's just me. But I think I will put it at a five as well.
1: Okay. I, th- I think I'm saying it's more bad directing than a bad movie. That- that's where I want to hang my, hang my hat. Well, that is our review. Of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, as excellent as it was.
0: Well, that wraps things up for today. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Come back every week for a new episode of the Film Review Shack. Signing out. I'm Daniel. I'm Darian. And we are the the Film Film Review Review Shack. Shack.